Hey there, we're talking about irrigation, specifically subsurface drip irrigation. You have questions, so do we. Kurt Grimm with NutriDrip is going to answer those questions because Chad Henderson is thinking about putting in some subsurface drip irrigation. All right, you and I have talked. It seems to me that the future is going to be, if it's irrigated, more and more of the subsurface drip irrigation. It's more efficient, uses less water, and you can make a very compelling case better for soil health. And I'm not bashing on any other kind of irrigation, but that's your pitch. Is it true? Yes, he has questions. Sure, absolutely. So yeah, we, we feel like there's an advantage. We've quantified some of those advantages. We use less water, we don't evaporate, we feed and water the crop every day. So looking forward to having a conversation with Chad about his questions and questions that other growers would have. All right, Chad, buddy, the first time I came to your farm, it was 2021, and you were putting in your first uh, run of drainage tile. And you said, man, I'm all new to this, Damien. I was gonna just start off with a couple of lines to get rid of a low spot. Next thing you know, I got 40 acres of it. This could be the same situation. I, I definitely feel like that. When I was putting in a tile, I was talking ADS about it. I'm like, look, I need three lines of tile. 40 acres later, here we are tiling. Yeah, so, you, put, you keep you just, you just kept growing and growing, but you learned that pattern tiling uh, took care of the, a bunch of acres. You've got now acres that you didn't even think needed drainage, and it's like, yeah, it's working better, and I'm starting to see the results. If you do the subsurface drip thing, uh, you already have irrigation. Uh, right behind your house, you've got pivots. This is going to be a, a new venture. Are yeah. you, are and you, I also are you, have dry corners that is blowing me up. Yeah. I'm like wore out over dry corners, you know. And this is not something like, oh, I'm just going to put this drip in a dry corner. You know, I need to know, like I have some questions, like, will this thing cross a terrace? You know, and then I look at Kelly Garrett, and it ain't even a terrace. It's like a mountain. Ski slope, You right? know, a ski slope. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're putting it down. Folks are in the winter. They're sh -sh -sh -sh. No. But, you know, that's the kind of questions I got and would like to know, you know, how long does it mean, how long can we, account for the use of it you know what's it good for is it good for five years or like a pivot is good for 25 years yeah so chad already threw the questions out there he's talking about uh, longevity how long is it going to work will it work on soil types will it work on different uh, varying uh, geographies go yep so so first of all let's talk about the the sloped ground so when we have um ground with elevation change um, and we can go up to 80 feet of elevation change within a single zone. We have a pressure compensated emitter that puts out the same amount of water at the top of the hill as it does the bottom of the hill. It has a little silicone diaphragm in it that regulates the water um, coming out of that emitter. And, and so it's gonna put out the same at the top and the bottom. So that's what we use in a, in, a, in a rolling topography where we got terraces or hills. So in a terrace, even at a spot where the terrace ain't, but you know, 20 feet total in width, you know, and you just got a cap that could be three feet that you can jump right over that and you can have that emitter there and it's okay. Absolutely, yep. So one of the steps in the design process is we'll pull in LIDAR data or get elevation data yep. off of your combine or a shape file and we'll actually engineer um, the field to fit or engineer the product that fits the elevation of the field. So all the different design. products, yes, different yep. products for different different topography. Yeah, I learned about that design the same way like, like you said with a tile deal. We learned the same design deal, had a design map Wrote it in off topography. Yep, same process. Mm. All right, so I think one of the things he's also going to probably get into is uh, is the same amount of water. If you're going up this amount of the pressure and the amount of getting, it's kind of like running a, an HVAC line. Are we still getting the right amount of heating and cooling at this end of the building as we started off over here? And so that's kind of a big question, but you just talked about navigating elevation. Uh, ever a problem with that? Right, so one of the things in the design process is we look at uniformity. Are we uniform from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill and all the way in between there? And so we design around a parameter called uni um, uniform, or application uniformity, 
we and and that number needs to stay above 92%. Most center pivots, for example, are in, going to be in that 70 to 80% uniformity, and we're, we're hitting for 92% or above in our uniformity number. So, so we can see that. So when we have, when the corn gets high, let's say last year we had a real dry year, if you put it up in the drone, you can see zones, and it's just, just, it's just like the pivot, it's just like what you would see in a, not even a yield map or topography map but you can see where the water was. And it's just the best the system do. It's not anything against it, it's just that dry, that hot, and it's just soaking up the water in that area like that. Um, so I understand exactly what you're talking about, and I see those zones in the field, and there's nothing I can do about them. Yep, yep. And so the other things we'll look at is soil type. So how, how, um, loam, how much loam or sand is in your soil, clay, what your soil type is. And based on that, we'll, we'll design the emitter spacing and the, and the how far apart the drip lines are, whether we're going on 40 inch centers, 60 inch centers, or maybe even 30 inch centers if you have some blow sand. Yep, so how much water does it take? How much water That's does it take? That's what I need so. to know, because I, I got some wells that are good for about two gallon a minute per acre. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> He's like, I can't help you, but anyway, we're gonna work on that. <laughs> so so we like to have five gallon per minute per acre. That's our, that's our optimum um, number. That applies an inch of water every four days and we will set the system up to apply a quarter inch on every acre every day. So every day that plant's getting water, every day it's getting fertigation if you're fertigating. Um, now we can also go with less. So if you don't have that much water, a lot of growers we work with don't have five gallon per minute per acre, we can design a system at two gallon per minute per acre. But you just have to understand, instead of every four days to put an inch out, it takes 10 days to put an inch out. So we're gonna put in soil moisture probes, and use the soil as a reservoir, keep that soil full, so when you get those high evapotranspiration weeks where you're using a lot of water, you can use the water that's in the soil to, to make that so, up. So that's what we've learned about irrigating the last 10 or 12 years that we've been doing it. It's not about keeping it wet. You know, everybody's like, oh, you're not got enough water to keep it wet. It's not about that. It's about starting ahead of the time to where you can look at the soil profile. I want to take a shovel and I want to dig out there and really if I have, if my irrigation practice is right, the dirt will never stick to the shovel. I'm gonna dig all the way down, it's gonna be moisture all the way down, but I don't ever want it to be wet. Because when wet, we talk about soil biology, there's a lot of other things going on, and it's an overrun of water. It's misuse of water, really, you know, if you if you wanna look at it, and that's the thing that y'all are trying to focus on not doing. Right, and so one of the things that guys don't think about is we gotta keep oxygen in the soil. Those Correct. roots have it, got to have oxygen, it, biology exactly. has to have oxygen, so all those things require oxygen to live. And so we want to irrigate a little bit every single day. Don't ever saturate it. Don't ever take it to the point of saturation where we're going to be pushing water into a tile. So one of the questions we get is, hey, I've got patterned tile underneath this. How is my water just going to go in that tile? Well, if you never saturate it, that water won't go down. That capillary yep. action will actually move it up and out. Yep, I agree. I, I, I see that with pivots. I one mean, I do see that. When I was at your farm, Chad, uh, we were out there with the Tiva guys in one of your cornfields. The amount of water you use through the pivots is not actually that much. You said, Damien, I'm putting like through the course of the hardest, hottest part of the season, like five or six inches on. Yep. You're yeah, not I mean, really putting. You're not really putting that much out. I mean, on a bad year, it was eight or nine inches. You know, you know, all the way through. So once we get our soil wet, and like, and like Kirk was talking about, once we get the soil wet then you can kind of maintain it. You know, it's this when you, oh, well, I've been gone. Well, I didn't turn it on for the last two weeks. Now, when you catch up, there's no way to catch up. I don't know. I'm not 100% on this irrigation, but he can tell you, if you get behind on irrigation, a rain is the only way to catch you up. I mean, you just you just can't, you can't get enough there, you know, in the growing season to catch up. Yeah, it's difficult. It's so, yeah, we, we like to maintain moisture. We Correct. don't like to let things get way dried out and then try to catch back up because you, that water won't move in the soil the same way. Those roots, you know, that soil cracks open, it breaks the roots. So we like to maintain moisture rather than, than a big swings of moisture exactly. in the soil. Exactly.
y'all know me you know what i'm gonna do with this if he messes around and we come down and we put some tile in and i buy tile and i and we put some drip tape in and we get this going am i gonna plug it not am i gonna plug it when am i gonna plug it how can i plug it what's what about cleaning this what about maintenance of it i'm a big maintenance guy you know i got it's gonna break it's i mean it's gonna break because it's just what it is so I got one more, how, well, about two more. How long is it good for? And how hard is it to maintain? What about my water source? What's the things I need to know about plugging this line? Don't do it. Filtration. And the last and final question is, you know, I've been known to rip some ground up. How deep we're going to put it and can I rip? What about my strip till? Does this put me to strictly a no-till based? And I know this is about four or five questions, but last but not least, cover crops. Talk to me about, will it go down and fill the line up? So now, which one of them you yeah. want first? We may, have, we may have to circle back, but which one of them you yeah. want first? This ain't going to be easy. Yep. Okay, so let's start with water quality. Let's start water with plugging. How long does it last? So the very first step in a drip irrigation system is we need a water sample. What is the iron and manganese content of the water yep. and bicarbonates? Those are those are the kind of the three things, and kind of the combination of those makes it harder. Um, if the well has high iron and high manganese, we're going to have to design a filtration system to take that out. We, we Every system has filtration, but if we have high iron and high manganese we're gonna to have to have additional filtration to get that out if we have high bicarbonates we may have to inject some acid or do some things to adjust the ph to get that bicarbonate knocked out a properly maintained drip irrigation system will last 25 plus years we have a system um, near york nebraska that we do maintenance on that's 38 years old and it's still going just like the day it was put in but they have I didn't beautiful even know water we, i didn't even know we had drip irrigation yeah. 38 years ago we so actually did yeah great. it's amazing and they have really good water there and it's and it's a well-maintained system um, a drip irrigation system just like any other piece of equipment on the farm it needs to be maintained so um, when you start this deal, you really need to talk about the water, the water source. We need to talk about where it's going to be and what you're going to put in it, you know. Abs absolutely. And one of the other things to think about is surface water. So if, if a guy's got a pond or a, a river, those water sources are actually easier to take out the organic silt and, and the organic material than it is to take out iron and manganese. So my first choice, if I walked onto your farm and you had either a well or you had surface water, I would go to that surface water every time first. Because of the way it stacks and the, and the carbonates are here and right. water the water source water here. quality is going to yep. be better in that environment. I Absolutely. You. And yep. you do pull water out of creeks or ponds, right? Oh, yeah, but if, when, in his situation, there's no way he's getting a creek. He's going straight in a well. Right. It's going to be about one gallon per minute per acre, and I want to water 100 acres. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give him everything that he don't want. All right, so we just we just addressed water, and we're going to eventually get to economics, but let's talk about then his practices. Yep. Uh, he talked about if he puts in cover crop, or let's say he's got a really good year going on. Do we have issues of roots getting down? Because the subsurface drip tape is about 20 inches down? Uh, we're going 12 to 16 inches is our ideal depth. So, and, and, so, and back to the tillage question. So um, tillage, we can do... I, I like to see six inches of separation from where the tillage is to where the drip line is. So if we're at 16, you can till to 10. So if you're strip tilling, yep. no big issue there. But if you say, hey, I'm only going at six, I'll probably like to put that drip at 12 because the shallower we can get it, the better we can touch those roots, the better we can feed them. We want to be right in that, right in that, that ideal root zone. So, on that, with, with that one, one real quick note, how much of the water 
tries to move up versus how much tries to move down. When we're talking about 15 or six, 12 or 15 or 16, kind of what's the percentage? Do you do, you, do we know that, or is it more soil based? soil type based you know I'm, we should, I know it's a difficult question yeah we should be grabbing 95 percent of that water and and yeah. the way we know that is we soil moisture probes that have a sensor every four inches and they go down to four foot so we can see where's that water coming out of the drip line where's the roots at and is any of the water going below the root zone and and if it's properly managed and again that's why we're putting in that quarter inch a day that's what that crop is typically yeah. using um, in the middle of july or august um that water's not going to go down it's all going to go right in the root zone right in the plant it just get just just get used to it yep Absolutely. That's a, a good question. We're talking about more scrutiny on our resource usage. If you're putting water out there that's going down to your drainage tile, you're absolutely accomplishing nothing in terms of the irrigation. The, the, the purpose of the irrigation is to feed the plant. Right. And so have you had issues like that? And is it an easy fix? Um, so one of the things that we're measuring right now is nutrient movement. Like, uh -huh. well, are we are we losing nutrients down through the drip system instead into a tile up. instead of coming up? So that's probably the easier one to measure than actual water moving down. Yep. I mean, we've got some good studies going on on some pattern tiled field, and to this point, on a properly maintained field, we have not moved nutrients into the into the t drain tile underneath of it. So then uh, we talked about uh, the the roots getting in there. And so when has that been an issue? Because you've shown me the tape before, Kurt. It doesn't have, it's not like a perforated tile. It's got very little openings. Has it ever happened where you get the roots into the opening? Right. So the only time it's been an issue is in alfalfa, so a, a per perennial crop that's, that's there multiple years, and where they have deficit irrigated. In other words, they didn't have enough water to, to feed the crop. So as long as you're in an annual crop, corn, soybeans, rye, wheat, wheat anything like that, and, and we have enough water, the roots are not going to go looking for it and, we'll go, and won't go backwards through the emitter. The, on the other hand, so let's say we do get into a situation where they start looking for water and they go in there, um, we inject a little treflan in there, there's some things we can do to burn it out, so if it does get in there, we can actually clean it up and, and remove I've those I've been known roots. to burn some roots off of fertility. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're talking about. <laughs> so, all right, he's the send it guy. Uh, we, we joke about that. He and our buddy Temple Rhodes send it, man. If, there's, if, if, if five ounces is good, 10 ounces must be better. Can he overdo it? Is there anything he can do with subsurface drip irrigation that's too much? Uh, he, went, he went overboard. Yeah, so I would say probably the biggest um, challenge is overwatering. So that, because you, if you overwater, you're gonna leach water down. And so a lot of growers are challenged with the fact that the top of my soil is dry. It's rock hard on top, but you gotta get the shovel out and you gotta dig down because down underneath there, it's an absolute perfect root environment. And in that soil, if you maintain it properly, it's, it's just gonna be beautiful for those roots. But on top, it's gonna to look bone dry. Yeah, so so when you say on top, you know, you wanna walk down through the field and this is gonna be really hard for my dad. This is his theory on irrigating right here. He says, I said, so what do you think when you turn the pivot on? What you thinking? You know, I got this soil moisture probe. It's showing 80%, blah, blah, blah. We're good to go. He said, I don't know. I walked out there this morning and I couldn't, but it didn't stick to my feet. So I say, turn it on. <laughs> that will not work. In <laughs> that will not work for subsurface drip irrigation. Right. And, and, and so to the point though, we're not germinating weeds. We're not evaporating anything. We're not losing any water. So when you think about the environmental aspect of being stewards of the water, um, it, it's a much more efficient system. All right, so I didn't ask about 42 questions. And on number 43, I'm fergating through a pivot now. You know, I like, to, I like late season fertility. How does that change my approach? We got something in the zones. Does this like efficiency? Is this a deal where, you know, just like we're running a tube or two, uh, like a strip tail, I cut my rate by, you know, all the way down to a third. Is this the same idea? Can I cut my rates of fertility 
And I know that's a loaded question, but if I'm putting it on top versus putting it out underneath, does the fertility the same or is it a 50 percent increase or decrease? Yeah. What? Yep. So is, is that so a fair question? It's a, it's a fair question, absolutely. So I would say at this point in in our knowledge base, we would say be similar to what you're doing through the pivot. There should be some efficiency savings. Um, and we've got some guys that are starting to drive that nitrogen use efficiency down. Nitrogen's yep. probably the biggest one that we see guys really dialing in the efficiency on with drip. Um, the other the other things though that, that there's an advantage to, um, nutrients like phosphorus and potassium that are hard to move through the soil, when we can put them in at 12 inches deep, get that subsoil, that subsoil nutrient level up, there's an advantage there. <laughs> now, how do we quantify that, right? That's the challenge is how do we quantify how much more efficient I is can, that? I can, I'm, I'm your man. I'll quantify that for you. Excellent. <laughs> when, when, the, when, it, when the corn just, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, now, you know, I joke about that a lot. I have never killed corn with potash or phosphorus. <laughs> but, you know, anyway. But everything else. Everything else. You know, I, that's the things we want to learn. You know, that's what we want to know. Because it's, again, here we are talking on a serious note. What are we talking about in the last couple of years? Sustainability, efficiency. What are we doing to do better, to make more versus a strip tilling? whether we're putting the tape under the ground, we're talking about water efficiency now. And then we're gonna talk about fertility efficiency. If I can cut my fertility that I fertigate 50% because then the roots on it, I don't see why I can't. Look at what we've done again. And that's what it's all about is farmers trying to do a better job of that. And this is one of the tools we're gonna to use to do it. So we'll wrap up here on the water usage because uh, we believe that nutrient usage is gonna get more and more scrutiny. You can make the case you use less water through drip than you do through traditional irrigation, you know, like in, uh, you know, running it down the furrow or also pivot. He said in an average year, he used maybe five or six inches through the pivot. Convert that to what you think he'll use if he puts in your system. Yeah, roughly 20, 15 to 20% less. And it's going to vary by year based on evaporation, wind, temperature, all those things are going to vary. But a, but roughly a rule of 15, 20%. 20% less, 20% uh, less water if, if water's tight. Now let's talk about money. Uh, how much we talk about to put in the system and then you know ongoing yeah and let's say we had an average you know because you talked earlier hey it could be as you know as small as 20 inches apart as high as let's take that middle road and we had it what is most people on is it 60 inches most people are on with a piece of tape so most of them are on 40 inch i would say 80 percent of the systems we're putting in are 40 inch spacing um so shape and size of field and topography are going to vary that cost so i'll kind of throw a range in out there that of, of where most systems are falling we're usually in that 2000 to 2500 an acre um, for a drip system and then the water source would be on top of that so the well or pump yep. or whatever we're going to have for the water that's, supply that's getting the water to the system that's correct yep so when you look at when you look at roi you look at land values today you know if you can if you can take land you already have and increase production 30 or 50 percent by adding drip irrigation versus going buying more land that return on investment five to seven years maybe even less right now with the prices with, where they're at with commodities the way they are Absolutely. So you think we can do it on, on seven years? Uh, or less. Tell, tell me and Chad, if you're going to start out, if he's going to start out, what's the right amount of acres to put your toe in the water? 50, 60, 160, what's, yeah. what's a normal good starting point? Yeah, definitely over 40. Um, if you get below 40, the cost per acre is going to go up because we've got those fixed costs in our filtration controls. Um, so anything over 40, that's the neat thing about drip irrigation. It's a it's a modular system that's scalable. So we got a system in Iowa we did this year was 650 acres, one shot. Like it's a huge system. He, the guy just jumped right in. He believed in the technology and jumped in. We also have guys that put in 20 acres. So it's a it's a scalable system that we can that adapts so to the a size lot, of the it's, field. It's a lot like a grain bin. You know, it's all about you know you go high. 
the higher you go, the cheaper it is. It's yep. all about that floor. When you get that floor bigger, but you can't go but so high. So with a scalable system, what is a good number? I mean, is it that 100, 120? Where does the math kind of fall yeah. in there? Once it, we, somewhere in that quarter section is, is that good, is where we're gonna start optimizing the size of main lines, the number of valves, the controller, somewhere in that 160 acres where things will be optimized. Gotcha, gotcha. I like it. You know what? We answer a lot of questions right there. We also answer a lot of questions for you because, let's face it, I think the future is going to probably see more drip irrigation. If you are in a need of irrigation, this is probably going to be gaining acres. And you're seeing that, right, Kurt? That's right. Yeah. The, we have a lot of interest in all parts of the country right now. Um, a lot of interest in guys being able to save water. If, if you could buy land for $2,000 an acre today, you'd probably buy land. Sure. Now, those days are gone for now. And so we got to figure out how to do more of what we've already got. Hey. And my deal is the water. You know, it's harder to find water. You know, we probably drilled a hundred times to get 10 good wells. So, you know, when, once you find water, and then if I can find water, then it's like, oh man, now I can't put this, this size of a pivot there. Instead of covering the whole field, it's an option where, you know, instead of a three bay pivot, and I got a well here that's got 500 gallon a minute, I'm like, well, I could use my water more efficiently in that. So that's that's kind of where my mind's going. Yeah, and we farm in Northeast Kansas, south Southeast Nebraska, we have center pivots on our farm and those pivots are only covering 65% of the land base they sit on. So if we had, and you know, we're starting to adopt more drip irrigation on our farm. And so as we do that, we're going from 65% irrigated to 100% irrigated on those farms. So yeah. absolutely using that water supply, spreading out over more acres. That's a big thing is you're, you're gaining acres really by, by the whole system. And you're obviously getting some efficiency and all that. You ready to do this, Chad? Are you ready to go ready. full tilt? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to get me a shovel. I'll get me a pick. I'll be ready to put the first line in myself. Remember, he's a little bit obsessive, Kurt. Once he gets going on something, there's no holding him back. So you better have enough manpower to get down there and start installing these systems. He's Kurt Grimm with NutriDrip. He's Chad Henderson. You know him because he's always doing great videos. And I'm Damian Mason with Extreme Ag.